Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. This is your host, Sarah Heater. And recently in the Facebook group, I made a post asking if you could ask me anything and have me address it on a podcast, what would you ask me? And this episode is one of those questions. Okay, so today's episode is going to be about bridging. But this was not necessarily a specific question. It was just about bridging in general. Now, ironically, our handy-dandy research assistant, Jamil, who has been partnering me with me with this podcast, did a bunch of notes on bridging in general for us. And so I actually already had that in my arsenal when I posted that Ask Me Anything in Facebook. I'm going to go ahead and do today's bridging episode based off of the notes that Jamil had put together, and we're going to put this at the front of the line since one of you actually specifically asked me to talk about bridging. Let's start with just some basics of bridging. Bridging, by definition, and we've talked about the definition on this podcast before, but it's an important transition in a Girl Scout's life. And it's when a member moves from one level of Girl Scouting to the next. So we have Daisies, Brownies, Juniors, Cadets, Seniors, Ambassadors, and Adult. And so I kind of went through that really fast. But in Girl Scouts, the way that it's set up right now, it is structured so that all the girl levels, like K to 12, are based on grade. So girls in kindergarten and first grade are daisies, girls in second and third are brownies, fourth and fifth are juniors, sixth, seventh, and eighth are cadets, ninth and tenth are seniors, and eleventh and twelfth are ambassadors. And then girls who have a membership, who keep a membership from twelfth grade into adulthood, which is the next level. So everybody after twelfth grade is considered an adult member. They actually can bridge to adult. <laughs> okay, so when a Girl Scout member moves from one level to the other, there she is bridging. Now, officially, there are no requirements to bridge other than moving from one level to the next. It is a requirement to have moved from one level to the next. So if a girl joins in second grade for the very first time, she did not bridge. She just started as a brownie, right? And if a woman starts in adulthood or if she's taken a really long break since she was last in Girl Scouts, she, as a kid, she's not bridging into adulthood. She's just joining as an adult member. Bridging only takes place as the transition from one level to the next. Another thing to kind of keep in mind here is that there are no bridging requirements as far as tasks that a Girl Scout has to do or have completed in order to move up from one level to the next. It's purely just it automatically happens and she's bridging. There is a bridging patch that has a badge work program associated with it, which does have to do with meeting certain badge, badge requirements of reflecting on her achievements in her previous level, sharing that experience with girls who are younger than her, and then learning from girls who are older than her about what the experience is for the next level up. That is technically a badge requirement for the actual rainbow patch, um, but you don't have to earn the rainbow patch. And also, a lot of people just use those rainbow patches to represent that a girl bridged without actually requiring her to do the requirements. There's no badge police, so 
it is what it is. So, you know, use your discretion, do what you want. There are also bridging fun patches, which would go on the back of the vest. Those are not official, and so that's why they have to go on the back. And also, there are no requirements for those. So if a girl participates in a bridging ceremony, but she does not actually complete the requirements for the rainbow patch, it might be more appropriate to do a fun patch for the back of the vest instead of the official rainbow patch, which does have um, badge work. Okay, so bridging ceremonies or recognizing bridging, this can look like all kinds of things. Some people do really small personal ceremonies. Some people participate in really large bridging. There's um, a whole lot to talk about that, but um, it doesn't have to be an actual formal ceremony, but it totally can be. So there's lots and lots of ways that it can work. But if you want to do the official badge work for the rainbow patch with your girls, then there's, again, two components. There's the pass it on and there's the look ahead. So again, it's not required to do this, but these are the steps to earn the rainbow, the official rainbow patch. And basically the idea here is that it's an opportunity for a Girl Scout to become aware of her achievements and to celebrate her achievements and to look back on her memories and to really help her maximize what she got out of the level that she just completed and to really drive home some of those GSLE messages. Um, Self-awareness and understanding of what girls achieved is going to help them get more reinforcement of what they did and It's also helpful to, I don't know another way to put this, girls have more fun when, I know this is true for all people, but especially for kids, kids can look back on something a little bit by being told what their experience was. And so there's a certain component of like, it's interesting to hear what the girls remember just on their own. And sometimes they remember the weirdest details. And any of you guys who are parents who might be used to this, I don't know if it's something you ever really get used to, but you can have this whole adventure and experience and they remember like the taste of the popsicle stick or something from two years ago. Just so strange. All of that to say, Reflecting back on their experiences and um, letting them kind of tell you what they remember and what they got out of it, that definitely counts for a lot. But also reminding them goes a long way. So if you have photos, uh, recapping some of the photos with them, you might do like a slideshow or scrapbooks. I've talked about my scrapbook thing before. There's lots of things that you could do here to reflect back with photo evidence of things that (laughs) happened. And that can help trigger some memories for them. But they also just love looking back at it. And also telling them a little bit, this is what you did. And this was the point of why we did it. And that kind of helps sort of train their brains to remember things differently. That sounds manipulative. And I don't mean it in a manipulative way. It just has to do with this whole thing of practicing self-awareness and practicing reflection. And so we're helping them build those skills when they have not had a lot of experience doing it. They may not be as as poignant in their reflections, and as they get older, then that can help them um, be a little bit more self-aware and, and think more complex and more deeply about their experiences, both while they're happening to them and in reflection. So there's this whole looking back thing, and then we're also going to pass that on. So 
sharing that experience or teaching a skill to younger Girl Scouts who are coming into their brownie or into their <laughs> into their levels. So if they are brownies bridging up to juniors, they might work with existing daisies who are bridging to brownies. And so if you're part of like this larger community of Girl Scouts, either if you have a multi-level troop or if you have connections with kind of other troops in your area or whatever through your council or your service unit, you can do this a lot easier. And so even if you do, and we're going to talk more about the ceremony part, but even if you do take part in a larger bridging ceremony, it's cool if we can find ways to incorporate those sort of badge quote unquote requirements into that program because that way <laughs> all the girls are going to meet that requirement while they have easy access to girls abo above and below them. There are other ways that girls can pass it on as well. So they can create a um, poster or a slideshow or a video or whatever and then pass that on to the service unit to be used for, for younger troops or the councils to be used for younger troops. They could gift it to another troop. You know, you could connect with people in Facebook groups from all over the country who might have that younger level and are bridging into that younger level that, they're, that your girls are leaving. And you could pass it on that way. So although in an ideal world, they're going to pass it on in person because then you're going to get that um, really solid skill building and relationship building and that connection point, there's lots and lots of ways that you can do this if you don't feel like you have easy access to younger girls. Similarly, you're going to have your girls look ahead. This is the other component of the the bridge patch. So there's a lot of things here, the, the rainbow one. There's a lot of things here that are helpful. One is it helps psych the girls up and get them excited about the level that they're transitioning to. It also gives them an opportunity to start sort of making goals and plans for what they want to do in the next level. It also helps them to have higher retention because being excited and having tangible goals and having something that they can actually like picture being part of, that is actually going to increase retention year over year. So it's going to encourage them if they're, let's say they're in fourth or I guess they're in fifth grade and they're looking ahead at cadets. Fifth to sixth grade is the biggest drop-off point in Girl Scouts. And so one way that we can kind of help encourage that retention all the way through eighth grade is by having them talk to girls who are going from eighth grade into ninth grade, and they're reflecting from cadets to seniors. And so they're reflecting back on their entire cadet experience and why they're so glad they stayed all the way till eighth grade. And that would encourage girls not just to come back for sixth grade, but to picture themselves one day being in those eighth graders' shoes, telling some other incoming sixth graders about what it was like when they were in cadets. And so they can picture themselves in that kind of leadership role, and it actually encourages them in that case to stay for all three additional years, which is really cool. And it kind of shows them like, I don't know, it can be cool to be in. Of course, that's true for all the levels. But I think it's particularly true for that really high retention tension from really fifth grade on is really tough to retain girls. This is also a good jumping off point or a good opportunity to do some year planning and goal setting when it comes to looking at the badges that are available for their next level and thinking about what they want to do next, next year, what they want to work towards. 
They can learn about, you know, high awards if they're going into juniors. They can learn about the bronze if they're going into cadets. They can learn about the silver. And if they're going into seniors slash ambassadors, they can be learning about the gold. Of course, those high awards are not required, but it's something that they can start thinking about that early. So speaking of timing, I've kind of been talking about this so far as if it's happening at the end of a school year. The reality is that the Girl Scout year ends on September 30th and the new one starts on October 1st. With that being said, technically, they become the next level on October 1st. Generally speaking, because it's based on grade, we tend to consider them having bridged when they start that new school year, right? If sixth grade is a cadet, then There's sort of a little bit of gray area on do they become a cadet on October 1st of their sixth grade year or do they become a cadet as soon as they're in sixth grade? Normally for summer camp, they're considered whatever grade they're going into. So as soon as they finish a grade and they've completed the requirements for that grade, they're considered the next grade according to Girl Scouts. Usually for programming, you can kind of pick... They could either participate in, let's say they're going from fifth to sixth grade, they could either participate in stuff for fifth graders or stuff for sixth graders. They can kind of do both because they're sort of in this weird in-between during that summer. That makes bridging a little bit confusing because it is absolutely correct and appropriate to bridge in the spring at the end of a school year. And it is also absolutely totally appropriate to bridge in the fall at the beginning of another school year. So you can do it either way. And so sort of from like May through September is like bridging season. And so we see a lot of people bridge in May and a lot of people bridge in September and even early October do have they have their their technical ceremony. And some some troops just have really strong preferences and some geographic areas have really strong preferences. It truly doesn't matter and neither one's wrong. So if you missed it in the spring and you still want to do it this fall, you absolutely totally can. It is actually just perfectly popular to do so. But most, I think most people are bridging in the spring. And certainly that seems to be what girls are at the end of the school year. And certainly that seems to be what Girl Scouts is promoting because their national bridging week is like June. So what does bridging actually look like? What is, what is bridging? The truth is you don't have to do anything symbolic to mark bridging. Just going from one level to the next constitutes bridging. They bridged. They bridged whether they participated in the badge requirements. They bridged whether they participate in a ceremony. No matter how you swing it, they bridged. In addition, they can participate in a ceremony where they do this symbolic bridging. And that can look like a lot of different things. But basically, there should be some kind of fun, personalized, and memorable experience One thing you want to find out is if your service unit slash neighborhood has a a formal bridging event. Not all service units necessarily do this anymore. Um, I think it kind of depends on how many people have been around for a while and kind of know more of the Girl Scout traditions. Also definitely depends on budget and time constraints. And so some service units might not even have one. And especially with like all the craziness with COVID the past few years, just there's just been so much change. There may or may not be an official service unit bridging. So you just want to reach out and find out. For me personally, as a troop leader, and, and if you're new to this podcast, by the way, welcome. I am so glad you're here. 
I know that this has been a little bit sparse this year, but I have been doing this podcast since 2018. So there are so many episodes in the archive for you to go ahead and check out and learn more about me and my troop and my experience and who I am and all of that. But also, if you've been here for a little while (laughs) or if you've gone back and binged some of my previous episodes, you know that actually in light of COVID in this past, this past calendar, school year, this past academic year, my troop actually disbanded. So I don't currently have a troop, but I had a troop for several years and I loved, loved, loved being a troop leader. And I'm a lifetime member and I've worked for council and I've been a volunteer in a bunch of different capacities. And so right now my main capacity to be involved is as a friends and family volunteer for some of my friends who still have troops and also this podcast. (laughs) So anyway, My troop, I usually would prefer to do things on a troop level. Almost always, I prefer to do things ourselves. We had a multi-level troop, so we really had a pretty large troop, not a huge troop. Like There are super troops that have like 40, 50, 60 members. The largest we ever got, I think, was circa like general range was around 20 to 24 members. We had daisies all the way through cadets. So we had this pretty robust community within our troop. And by the time COVID hit, we had four really um, involved leaders, one for each level. Um, And together we made like a really good team. So we really had created this pretty robust, comprehensive community within our troop. And so for me, Most of the time, I prefer to do stuff our way because we could do it at our own pace. I could have a lot of influence on how things went. And so like not to be controlling, but I kind of had the ability to control what the girl experience was going to be a lot more than if I went to something somebody else planned. Most of the time, just quite frankly, most of the time I would find that if it was something that I hadn't been involved in the planning in, I sort of regretted a little bit the way that it went and I struggled with spending money on something someone else planned if I didn't know what the outcome was going to be or how good of an experience it was going to be. So most of the time, my troop did stuff just in our own troop. But bridging was one thing I loved to do to go to the service unit one. It's not that the event was so wonderful, and I'm so sorry if anybody involved with planning that event is listening to this. It was good. It was a good bridging. Um, Definitely very loving people who planned it, who really loved planning it and being involved with it and pretty good turnouts like there were lots of girls um bridging and so there were girls at every level which was really nice and my girls could you know have an opportunity to really interact with some of the other girls in their community who are at the same level as them or the next level that up or the next level down and could really like see it and visualize it outside of the troop which they spent so much time in so I really loved letting somebody else plan it. And and that's like a huge benefit of going to service unit or council events is that it takes so much pressure off of the leader's shoulders. The service unit will, the service team will typically develop it. They decide on the details and there's so much progression automatically built into it. And it's just really nice to take that off of your shoulders. And of course, individually, girls can participate in the service unit event, whether their troop participates in the service unit event or not. So if your troop decides not to participate in the service unit event as a troop, but there is a service unit event, you really should let your parents know that it exists and it's up to them if they want to do that in addition to the troop, whatever you're doing with your troop. Because 
Girls are individual members. They are also troop members, but they don't have to be troop members. I mean, there are lots of girls and you might be listening to this and you're not involved in a troop, but generally speaking, it's the Troop Leader Experience podcast. So generally speaking, we're talking to troop troop communities here, but girls are individual members first. Their membership to Girl Scouts is personal and they can participate in any Girl Scout activity that they want with your council or your service unit as individual girl members. They do not need to participate as a troop. The benefits to participating as a troop are that they're with their troop friends and that troop funds cover it. If the girl wants to participate, but you're not participating as a troop, the family would be responsible for any expenses. Okay, so let's talk about what a ceremony actually looks like. So a typical bridging ceremony usually includes some physical form of walking from one side to another side. And so it could be walking over a literal bridge. This could be like a little decorative bridge and it's indoors. That's what even when I was growing up, that's what I always had as a kid. Um, And that's most of the time what my girls participated in in my troop. But also, it could be something that symbolizes a bridge. So it could be, you know, you lay out a walkway. It could be um, you, we formed one year, we bridged as a troop because we weren't able to make the service unit one. We had a conflicting event or something. I don't really remember. But um, in order to do a troop bridging, we actually lined up the chairs Like, so their backs were facing each other, sort of, and we made a walkway where you'd walk in between this, like, these two rows of chairs. I don't know if you can picture what I'm saying. And we tied balloons in rainbow order to the backs of the chairs. So they walked through this, like, tunnel of balloons, basically. And that was what we did to simulate, like, walking over a bridge. Um, Instead, they, like, walked through this tunnel. You could do that with girls' hands, you know, like, sports team style where everybody puts their hands up and, um, you know, there's two rows of girls and their hands are up and then the girls walk through one by one. You could do that. You could do all kinds of things. You can really, really get creative here. But basically, it's the symbolic moving of one, one location to the next. Some people use real bridges outdoors as well. So there's like a big ceremony that takes place at the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco every year. I I say every with like slight hesitation because I actually don't know if it happened every year in COVID, but typically not COVID, COVID withstanding, um, not withstanding. There we go. COVID not withstanding. I found it eventually, you guys. It happens every year, I think, in San Francisco, this big Golden Gate Bridge bridging event where girls from all over the country fly to San Francisco and they walk the whole length across the Golden Gate Bridge together. And there's hundreds of Girl Scouts from all over the country who are all walking across this giant bridge together. That is really cool and really, really cool to be there with so many other Girl Scouts. And of course, I love San Francisco. It's one of my favorite cities in the world. And it's so beautiful. But personally, like walking across the Golden Gate Bridge is really long and huge and It just doesn't sound like my idea of a good time. So that was never of interest to me. But I know some girls, when they find out that it's a thing, if they're familiar with the Golden Gate Bridge and they know San Francisco, they like become obsessed with the idea of going. And so it becomes like a troop goal to all go together and be part of this. Some people use um, other bridges that are in their communities. And so 
We've looked at doing this before, um, like some of our sort of city parks have a bridge or something over uh, either like a ditch or a little mini water area. And so you could do that in your own area as well. Just remember that if you're using like an overpass or something that has cars that drive on it, you need to be so, so careful. And so if there is no sidewalk, etc., I absolutely cannot recommend it. You absolutely find another place to go. Like literally just what we did with like backing up the chairs to each other. It doesn't have to be a physical bridge. If if it's something that would ever put the girls in danger, just don't do it. It's not worth it. If you have a really nice overpass with like a pedestrian walkway um, that is meant for that, then okay, maybe you could use that. Generally speaking, though, I would just say there's probably better places to go. There just probably is. It doesn't even have to be a physical bridge, but even if you're really determined to get a physical bridge to walk over, like I would rather see you guys go to like the garden center at Walmart and cross a decorative bridge that's on display. Like, please, please, please just use common sense and and don't obviously put yourselves or your girls at risk. In addition to this, you can actually make your bridging ceremony look like whatever you and your girls want. So it doesn't actually even have to include physically walking from one side to another. And as I mentioned and really stressed, it doesn't have to be a physical bridge. You can walk over everything, anything. Um, But you also don't have to physically walk. So you could do something in circle. It could just be an award ceremony. I've talked about this before, but a lot of times for end of year awards. So I give Girl Scout badges out throughout the whole year. I don't necessarily do it at said event, but I will maybe like once a month or so, I'll give them everything that they have earned fun patch and badge wise. And maybe sometimes it ends up sort of being quarterly. And so normally what I'll do if it's been a little while and a girl has like a little bit collected, I'll, you know, I usually would just put it in a baggie, like a Ziploc bag that has their name on it. And and a lot of times, even with little girls, we'll take those Ziploc bags, we'll actually even safety pin them to the girl's clothes so that that bag of patches gets home to the parents. But some people do some really creative and interesting ways to give out patches and badges, especially for people who wait until an award ceremony or a bridging ceremony to give all the patches from that year. Now, I don't typically do this waiting until the end of the year thing, especially if they're bridging, because then they never get a chance to wear those badges on their uniform because it goes on the uniform that they're leaving, right? They're getting a new uniform for the new year. So like, I've just always kind of been a give them out throughout the year thing, but that's not wrong to give it at the end. People just love like the display and the decoration and the the pizzazz of being able to come up with something really creative to give badges, uh, a whole bunch of badges at once. So what we typically would do at an award ceremony, which is not for us because we would typically go to the service unit bridging. So normally our awards would be separate. We would do awards and reflection and stuff like that. And I've talked about this before, but we would usually do portraits You could hire a photographer or if somebody in your troop community is a photographer, maybe they'd be willing to volunteer their time or give you a good discount and come in and actually take official portraits of your girls individually and also as a group. 
we would also do some by level. We'd do some that were more serious and post and also some really fun ones. I would like go to Dollar Tree and get a bunch of fun accessories like silly hats and things and um, and they would kind of go nuts. And so maybe I will even share some photos from years past in the Facebook group. If you guys want to see them, go ahead and and let me know in the Facebook group that you want to see them and I will post some old ones. You can kind of see how we evolved over the years. Uh, None of them are remotely recent. We would usually do portraits. We'd do scrapbooks. And then we would also do some award type stuff. If we had the individual cookie incentives, this would be a time that I would give them their incentives. Now, because girls earn incentives at a whole different rate, I would usually package them up into gift bags that are all the same. And so they all get a gift bag that looks the same on the outside. They get the gift bag at the very end of the meeting and take it with them. They don't open it at the meeting so that it takes away from like the comparison. We did celebrate top seller in my troop. We would usually celebrate like the top two or three, depending on how the numbers fell, whatever made more sense. Troops are very divided on this. Not everybody does that, but that's something we did at an award ceremony. We used to also do like an attendance award for a while. Um, And so we'd also recognize people who had perfect meeting attendance. Oh, we did the girl who had the top cookie donation. So it used to be called Gift of Caring. Now, um, where I am anyways, it's called Cookies for the Community. There's all kinds of different names for it, but donations for cookies that go to um, either a charity of your choice or um, a lot of times they go to like U.S. military or to food banks or something like that. The girl who earned the most in donations or two girls who earned the most in donations during cookie season, we would recognize them. And then we would also do an award for every single girl. So it was always really important to me that every single girl got recognized for their achievements. So, you know, if it was the same girl earning top seller and cookies for the community and attendance, then we would just drop attendance. Like we're not, we don't need the same girl to just come up eight times, right? Like that's not necessary. And that's kind of why we ended up retiring attendance because a lot of times it was the same girls and the same girls year over year. And people, again, are very divided on attendance type awards anyways, because it's not really dependent on the girl. That's dependent on their family. And that's a weird thing to celebrate. Also, it's not really fair. There are girls who have, quote unquote, poor attendance or imperfect attendance, and it really isn't up to them. And so they have no opportunity to really earn that. We also did awards for all the girls And we had like a theme each year. One year, like when they were little, uh, we didn't have any older girls then. We did, and this is so funny because it's so trendy right now with like memes. We did Little Miss blah, blah. And so we had Little Miss, and it was something positive about each of them. So like Little Miss Leadership, Little Miss Lends a Hand, those kinds of things. One year we did individual awards that were all based on the different traits of the Girl Scout law. Each girl got to feel special and got to take home a personalized award. And we would just design little certificates. I mean, if having some designed awards would help, then let me know in the Facebook group because I can go ahead and upload some fillable certificates that are based on some of those themes that you could go ahead and download um, from Etsy if that's something that's interesting to you. I do have some bridging certificates on Etsy as well. So 
If you don't have the link to that and you want it, ask in the Facebook group or send me a Facebook message and I will send it to you. If you're not on Facebook, by the way, and you want access to anything I'm saying or you just want to give your two cents or you want to ask me a question for the Ask Me Anything series, you can email me as well at girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. So bridging certificates would be another thing. High awards would be another thing. Depending on if girls want to do this, they could potentially have a, a bit where they're sharing out loud. They could say a little something. So they could share something that they love, something that they learned, what they're looking forward to, just memories. It could be what being a Girl Scout means to them. They should really get to pick what this ceremony looks like. They're going to really help you plan. And and when it comes to girl-led, by the way, I've harped on this a lot in this podcast in the past, but I'll say it again. Um, girl leadership doesn't necessarily mean you just hand them like notebooks and pens and say like plan a, a ceremony. They don't necessarily know what to do, especially if they've never done one before or been to one before, and especially if they're little. So sometimes what girl-led means is giving them choices. <laughs> Their portion of presenting or sharing doesn't necessarily have to be them speaking out loud. Not every girl loves to speak in front of a group of people, including even just their troop. They could make posters or presentations. They could do slideshows. They could use like whatever method they want. And they could set up their own visual display. I mentioned scrapbooks. We've done scrapbooking before. So that's possible. And these are all ways for girls to participate in a bridging ceremony, either instead of or in addition to crossing a bridge, <laughs> right? There's often this sort of ceremonial thing that happens with physically walking across a bridge or across a figurative bridge where a girl from the existing level walks the girl halfway across the bridge and then a girl at the new level meets them there and walks them the rest of the way or there's a girl at the new level on the other side to greet them with their new vest or to greet them with a certificate or a flower or whatever. Some people also use candles now of course we're going to recommend like battery powered candles not like flame candles or sand to do a sand ceremony we did that with my girls one year uh so each girls maybe have their own color and they sort of layer them into one jar to make this cool design now as for what to say during a ceremony you can make up your own script or you can find scripts online lots of people have made bridging scripts and and documented some bridging ceremonies. If that's something you're interested in, if you want to see from us some um, documentation around some specific bridging ceremonies that you can take and adapt, let me know that's something that you want to see. But there are a lot already out there. It can feel a little bit more formal. That can make it feel really special. But also, you can write your own script slash the girls can write their own scripts. The girls can write scripts for you, right? Like, Or you can write them all together as a troop. Whatever that looks like, um, you can definitely kind of create a script of what of how you want the ceremony to go and wh who's going to say what. As far as the indoor bridges that you can like decorative bridges or whatever that you might be able to use, you can also build bridges. And so again, there's a lot of plans online you can find. Some service units or councils have like a collection of bridges that people have made in the past and you can actually borrow them. Not everybody is going to have that, though. Not every service unit or council is going to have that, but check to see. You can also check around with other troops in your area and see if any of them have a bridge you can borrow. 
Um, and of course, online, you can find lots of plans for how to build. And this could be really, really cool for like the woodworking badge as girls get a little bit older. But even younger girls can can work on this, right? They can help. Or, you know, it could be something that maybe uh, a family in your troop community donates to your troop, whatever. Maybe you do it as a troop activity. There's lots of ways it could look, but you can definitely build your own. There's also some symbols that tend to be associated with bridging at different levels. This is not, it's not a required element, but it's just kind of a cool tradition that all of these kind of go back pretty far. If you have brownies, then you're probably familiar with, or if you've looked at the brownie programming, you're probably familiar with this idea of brownie elves or the brownie elf. Girl Scouts has a brownie elf character that is the brownie elf, but this idea of brownie elves is actually an international symbol in um, Girl Scouting and Girl Guiding that it really represents brownies, and it has to do with like little brownie elves who do good deeds and do good turns and and help out and in particular like clean up um or organize and they are sort of sneaky about doing it so they're not doing it for recognition they're doing good for good sake kind of a thing oh my gosh there's probably somebody who's listening to this who like knows a lot about brownie elves and like brownie elf history and brownie elf lore worldwide who's probably like you're doing a terrible job if you are a brownie elf expert and you want to come on this podcast and talk about the like international historic symbol of the brownie elf and the lore behind brownie elves, please come on. I would love that conversation. That sounds super interesting to me. There is an official brownie elf story in the brownie um, Girl Scout book or Girl Scout handbook, but it's also all over the internet. I mean, you can definitely get the brownie elf story. So for a lot of girls who are daisies bridging to brownies, Elves, the brownie elf, plays a really big part in those uh, bridging ceremonies often. It does not have to, but it often does. That's a really good time to read that official brownie elf story. And there's a specific little, I don't know, traditional activity, action, movement, motion of like looking around and spinning around and looking in a reflective surface. Could be water, could be a mirror. It's going to reveal the brownie elf and who you see is yourself. And so like you're becoming one, right? And you're going to do good things in the style of a brownie elf. Again, we're doing a bad job explaining this, but I'm hoping that you guys know what I'm talking about. And so you're nodding your head and you're going, yep, yep, I know what you mean. Again, this could be a whole podcast just about brownie elves, and then I could be way more prepared to talk about it more eloquently. Bridging to juniors is associated with wings or like flying up to juniors. And so actually you'll notice that many girls from juniors up have that little wing patch. There are no requirements for the wing patch, even though it goes on the front. That's a little bit confusing. It's just a uniform piece and it's for any girl who flew up from brownies to juniors. So if a girl started in juniors or if a girl quit for a while and wasn't involved in brownies at all and then rejoins later, she does not get those wings. If a girl joins in juniors or cadets or seniors or ambassadors for the first time, she does not get the wings. It's only if you fly up from brownies to juniors. And flying up is the same as bridging to juniors, but it's something we only use from brownies to juniors. So this whole idea of wings and flying is definitely associated with bridging from brownies to juniors. And so you could really run with or fly with that example of wings and flying 
So there's that. Bridging to cadets is generally associated with the symbol of a silver key, like the silver award is at cadets, silver key. And then bridging to seniors is associated with a gold key. So they're eligible to start working on the gold award in seniors and ambassadors, and so they get a gold key. So gifts are really common with bridging. There's absolutely no requirement or expectation that girls receive a gift just for bridging, but it is really common. At least it's more traditional to do this uh, if the girl is bridging to adult. That's like a really big deal. A lot of times girls will be gifted either a lifetime membership to Girl Scouts going into adulthood because there's actually a discount if you do it then. In general, anytime girls bridge, it's common to do a gift of some kind. So normally there's like a certificate and the bridging badge or fun patch. And also there's usually like a lot of rainbow theme going on because rainbow, the rainbow patches, rainbows are very associated with bridging at all the levels. So going nuts with all the rainbow themed things. And so it can be really fun to kind of plan like the party aspect. I didn't even say this, but in the ceremony, you could have just a party. The whole thing could just be a party or there's a party element. Normally, when I have gone to, like even as a kid, when I went to like a service unit or a council level bridging, there was the formal part of the ceremony and then there was like cake and maybe like sparkling grape juice and apple juice and whatever. There were always flowers. I always remember like being given flowers and like giving girls flowers is like a big part of it. There's usually a lot of colorful rainbow balloons and like you might have rainbow, you know, paper plates and rainbow napkins. And and so it's kind of fun to like go to a party supply store and just like they usually have rainbow themed stuff, but also they have like the solid colors. So you can just get like a pack of everything, and like one in each color kind of a thing and just kind of like create this rainbow extravaganza. So that's pretty fun. Um, some people will do cupcakes and they'll actually... Um, put them or have them made but or they make them themselves and they'll make like uh, like lay it out like a rainbow and so then they're frosted in rainbow colors laying out the cupcakes in a fun shape to look like a rainbow or you just decorate with the rainbows or you don't have to do rainbows you can totally scratch the whole rainbow thing but generally speaking bridging ceremonies are usually incorporating a bunch of bright colorful rainbow fun so some creative ideas use chalk and have girls like create a chalk bridge to walk across. You can use colored masking tape on carpets to create a bridge. You can use it as a STEM opportunity or a woodworking thing or whatever and have girls build their own small bridges. They can either physically walk across or symbolically they can cross over their own little mini bridges. Um, You can create stepping stones and that can look like all kinds of things, like uh, it could be a literal stone that could be donated to a community garden, or you can make a, a makeshift symbolic stepping stone, right, with paper, or even I've seen people do fun things with uh, like plastic tablecloths or whatever, and they kind of create something. There's all kinds of cool stuff that you could do to get really, really creative. If you've done something creative, for a bridging ceremony, whether it was a formal bridging ceremony or you got really innovative and you made something up. If there are pictures you can share of what your setup looked like, please share them in the Facebook group. I would love to see them. 
I will look back and see what pictures I have since we generally went to the service unit ones. I'm not sure how many pictures I actually have that I can share that really show what the setup was like. But I'll look. I'll see what photos I have, see what photos you guys have, and anything that you can share uh, in the Facebook group to give some people ideas would be so fun. Some other ideas, too, for planning a bridging ceremony. You can invite families. You certainly don't have to. So typically, you would invite families to come and be part of the ceremony and celebration, but you could also just do this privately with your troop. You could invite community members. You could invite... Girl Scout staff members in your area. You can invite the CEO. You can invite some people from the marketing team. You can invite your local council rep to come to your bridging ceremony. They may or may not be able to come, but if they, if either way, they're going to appreciate the invite. I can definitely speak from experience that that would be so special to be invited. And if they're able to come, I bet they will. And again, including snacks or a meal, you can get really Pinterest level creative with bridge themes or rainbow themes or your girl's level, like symbols that are associated with those levels or just things they love or things that were really representative of what they did or want to do. Um, There's lots of opportunities there to get really, really creative with snacks, a meal, treats, anything like that. So that's pretty much what I've got on bridging. I thought that maybe I would end up having to put this into multiple episodes, I did not really know how much I was going to be able to cover in this episode. So I think I've pretty much covered it pretty well. If there is more that you want to know about bridging, please don't hesitate to ask. I'm happy to share any information that I have, but I hope that this was helpful. If you bridged in the spring, then congratulations. If you're bridging right now, congratulations. And if there's anything we can help you with, I bet our whole community wants to help. And I hope to see you over in Facebook. If not, don't forget, you can email me, girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. See you later.